So the seven mountain landscape is going to be different from each culture. Basically, the, the analogy of seven mountains are the seven spheres that define a culture. These seven spheres of influence are within every culture or people group. It's how they maintain their identity and working together as a people. And so as we look at each culture, we can find these seven different mountains. And so let's help define them. The first one is a governmental mountain. Every society needs a government, don't they, to maintain peace and order and civility. And so there is the sphere of influence in the government, which is a social order. That's one mountain that God wants the church to uh, invade and be involved with. The second is the business mountain. That's the commerce. If you're going to have a society and a group of people, you need to finance the streets, the roads, the, the mechanics of how a society runs. And so you need business, don't you? And so business is part of the whole commerce aspect of a culture. Thirdly, you have education. And that is how well you educate the culture uh, into advancing their culture beyond just simply working in fields and making, maintaining uh, food, but moving into a higher level of culture so that you can develop a better way of life. And so education helps produce that. How many of you know that? The better educated the populace is, the more prosperous they can grow in business and commerce and government. This all plays together. The next mountain we have here is, uh, I'm going to focus on, they, they don't match up here, but R is for religion. I'll match that up. Uh, the religious mountain. Every cultural group has a spiritual aspect. Man can't get past the spiritual side of life. Even atheists have faith that the scientists are right in their speculations. And so there is an aspect of a spiritual mountain in every culture. Uh, some it might be Buddhist, some it might be Islam, some it might be Christian, and again, some it might be uh, uh, fatalism, fate, uh, superstitions. Uh, it, whatever the spiritual dynamic of that culture, it has its own influence. Even tribes have witch doctors and shaman and so forth. So there's the spiritual component to a culture. Also then, next I have media and the mountains, but up there... Uh, we'll put family down later. All right, media. That's how you disseminate information in your society and in your culture, right? And, and so media is how we put the news out and we put information and we put the decree of the king or, or what the government's saying or what's the next uh, uh, effect of business. Uh, and so, so we have media that gives information. Every culture needs it. Then we go to the family. Family are the social groups. Every culture and every society is made up of the nucleus of families. That's what propagates and multiplies the size of that culture. You with me? This is simple. Then we go on, except for the way I put it up there, that the numbers don't match the mountains, but you can get past that. <laughs> me and numbers, they just don't work. Last of all, arts and entertainment. As uh, any culture has an expression of itself. It expresses itself in music. It expresses itself in art. From the most primitive culture to the most advanced, that expression of identity comes through the entertainment and the arts. And so these are the seven mountains that every culture has. It's a schematic, an engineered drawing of, of basically the spheres of influence within any culture. And that's important to understand. Now, what will happen is these things shift and move. 
as the culture is shifting and moving to its most important areas of power that it likes. For example, uh, let's say the United States, um, what's maybe the, the seven mountains, it, it, it began uh, as a pretty balanced expression between government and business and education and family. But as the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness developed and our level of income increased and our freedoms increased, well, America's mountains shifted to where we support money. We need money, we want money, we want more money so that our entertainment and our fun and everything else runs on money. The United States loves money. Some culture groups and nations are run by their religious mountain, Islam. Their religion invades their, their government and every other aspect. And so theirs is Allah above all things. Some nations focus their mountains and shift into technology. I think of some nations that are so techno technologically advanced and interested in technology that their, com their commerce and their business and their government moves into technology. And I think of Japan. I mean, everything comes out of Japan that you need technology for, right? And so, so these, these mountains move in shape. And they're different for each nation. There's not one way that the mountains should be set up. And as we get into this further, you're going to see how the church is going to impact these different spheres of power. I was just in South Korea two weeks ago, maybe three, I forget how long ago. I'm still under jet lag. <laughs> uh, and I had an opportunity to meet with churches that are planning on when North Korea falls, how is the church going to bring the gospel into North Korea? And I had an opportunity to be in South Korea and see within these two nations two very diverse mountain groupings. So in South Korea, the government is a democratic republic. People vote for their leadership. It's balanced. Uh, it produces a, a stable government for the people to enjoy life. Their business aspect is really high. They have about four or five auto companies, and South Korea is just really doing a tremendous job in exporting materials and having a lot of finance. Their education is high. They're educating their children, their young people. They're going to universities and schools, and so they're, they're, the, the common person in South Korea is getting well-educated. Now, their religious mountain um, there's about 53%. You, you add the Catholics and the Protestants together, you're at about 53% Christian and about 43%, uh, percent, um, let's see, what are they, Buddhist. And uh, so that's an interesting dynamic there. But again, the religious mountain is their spiritual mountain. So whatever culture you're in, it could be Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, Christianity. Uh, it could be any spiritual aspect that it is. And in South Korea, religion is decreasing. Uh, the Christian church has had a major influence in South Korea, but it's still about half the population. That's a pretty good-sized mountain, i got to say that. But it is decreasing with technology and science. Uh, atheism is, is finding its way in. Um, their media is amazing. They are very high-tech. Uh, everywhere you go, there are computer screens, and there is information, and there's Wi-Fi. they got better Wi-Fi than we do. And uh, it's just tremendous. Their media and how they get media out is doing great. Their families are very strong in South Korea. The family union is very important. They have a very high value on families. 
And so uh, it's tremendous. Their arts and uh, entertainment, their expression of being South Koreans, great. They've got great music, great technology. So, I mean, very stable government, really wonderful. I, I, would, uh, I would give that to that major realm of uh, Christianity. Now, switch a little bit north to North Korea. Then you have a different dynamic of their culture completely. So basically the biggest mountain there is their government, which is a guy. <laughs> One guy. This is basically a dictatorship, right? Uh, and, and so he's a little out there. And uh, so the government's all about him, by him, and for him. Uh, their businesses are, are really uh, in the realm of uh, weaponry and technology on how to blow everybody else up. So their business is not that great. Their, their infrastructure for business and streets and, and keeping culture good is, is not going that well. The citizens are very unhappy at that. Their education systems are not doing that well. Either most common folks are not getting educated. And again, their religious mountain is pretty low because... Uh, basically, all worship is unto Kim Jong-un, and uh, he's the guy. Uh, their media is interesting, good media. You hear media blasts, it's out there. Hey, they're in the news all the time, good media. The only problem is, uh, again, Kim Jong, he, he runs the media. And so everything in the media is about him and about that government. Uh, families are all that they have to hold their lives together. There's a great deal of poverty and a great deal of up rising and, and the only thing that's keeping families together are the family themselves they're not getting a lot of help from their government and then last of all the arts and entertainment we had when i was there a couple weeks ago we had an opportunity to um uh, interview uh folks from north korea who defected to south korea and we asked them about the arts and their entertainment and uh, they said well yes we do have entertainment we do have athletes and sports teams but most there's no recreational sports that kids play either they 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 go to school and then they go right to work but if they're good at a sport the the government takes them and develops them into their olympic teams uh as far as the arts they do have artists and painters now this is coming from a north korean a lady we interviewed and she said but most of the artists and sculptors and painters they have one subject matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> the guy on the government mountain kim jong so uh, you know, that's a dynamic of the seven mountains. So each culture has a different dynamic. There's South Korea and boom, there's North Korea. And, and, and so it has an interesting thing. So it also changes in cultures and in nations. You need to discern the times to know what to do, right, folks? That's the church and that's the tribe of Issachar. We're to discern the times. So I, I thought, now this is just my own opinion. You can differ with me. But I thought I'd look at the United States in the 1950s. And let's, let's, uh, let's see what maybe our landscape of uh, power sources looked like in the 1950s. Our government was much smaller. When, when things were more prosperous and had less government control, things were running, and, and the federal government was a lot smaller than it is today. You just have to look at the statistics to know that. Our businesses were booming. We were producing so many products in the United States. How many of you know right now we import more than we actually produce? 
So, I mean, we were booming in the 50s, had a lot of products, the automakers, the machines, the technology was being uh, exported around the world, made in the USA. Our education was doing great. People were leaving their countries to come to America through our colleges and universities to get educated. But, uh, and in our religious stature, uh, uh, we have freedom of religion here in the United States, uh, but with that, we see Christianity in the 50s was really a major player in the mountain of spirituality, and it had a major influence on society. We go forward, and our media was pretty good, uh, a lot of news. They reported, actually, uh, unbiased news. I don't know if any of you are aware of what that is. But there was a time when reporters and people who wrote columns didn't put their opinions down. They only reported what were the facts. See? So that was interesting, and media was doing quite well. Family was very high in every region of, of population in America. Family was the building block. It was essential. It was really important. And then arts and entertainment reflected the, the, the religious values and the family values. How about that? Could you imagine the arts and entertainment reflecting the religious values and the family values. Now that's the 50s, but something dramatically shifted, don't you think? This is my opinion, you tell me if I'm wrong, but government has soared. Government has increased its reach and its arm into our lives and uh, uh, it has become the big daddy of everything. Business is not so good anymore. We've exported everything, we're, uh, you know, it's a more global economy and we're not producing a lot of, a lot of things, so our education is down. You wouldn't know that to ask the students, though, because we feel that we're the smartest. There's been a number of different uh, tests that they've taken of students from around the world, and the United States now scores very low in the statistics of math and, and the, the languages and so on. But as far as self-esteem, we think we're the best. So, so we're really less educated than many other countries now, but we really think we're not. We really think we're all that. So that's an interesting concept. And then, of course, I think the media runs our nation. The media is up there. Media influences government. Media influences who you're voting for. Media influences uh, religion. Media influences everything. And what's being put out there is the media mountain. Families have decreased drastically. We've redefined family. We've redefined marriage, or better said, we've undefined marriage. And we've gone so far now to radically even change what it means to be binary or male or female, which again strikes a core right within the family structure. And so we've even redefined humanity and human uh, uh, sexes between male and female. So the family is really being broken apart and busted. But we love our arts and entertainment. We really like to express ourselves. And so there's a lot of expression out there. And if you've shifted the mountains to now express your arts and entertainment, it's all about the media and the government. And uh, basically, that's what you see and hear in the news, isn't it? Media and entertainment. Do you know that we have people who are not stars, they're celebrities? What's a celebrity? What does a celebrity do? Nothing. They're just famous. For what? Either they got big butts or big lips or something. I, they're, they're famous for that. Or they're so dysfunctional, they have their own TV show. So we celebrate that. So that's, 
shifted in our culture, hasn't it, from what was seemed to be stable to where we are today. Now, how did it get there? I think how it got there was a very big failure on the church's part over these many, many years. And I'll tell you why. Because what the church had considered with the idea of a separation, we kept getting pushed into this separation of church and state, separation, that the church settled into their mountain and stayed there. So we've stayed on our mountain, and and everybody can get along as long as you're in the mountain of spirituality. But don't you get involved in education. We've kicked God out of education. Don't you get involved in government. There's a separation, a wall. There never was one that's been invented. The media has helped propagate that. And so we've allowed the church to relegate itself to the religious studies, and that's all we've done. And so we go to church and we go home and sometimes we talk about sports and Jesus and maybe business and government and we separate all these mountains. And that was never the plan nor the design for the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me help you understand. In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a vision of all the great world kingdoms that were to come. Babylon was the head of gold, one of the greatest the nations that overtook the world's power, human government. The next human government that Nebuchadnezzar saw in this vision were the arms and shoulders of silver, which is the Medo-Persian Empire that came and took world conquest. The next one was the, the, the uh, brass of uh, gold, I'm sorry, the, the, the brass which was Greece and the, uh, the Greek Empire that moved throughout the world nation. And then the Roman, which the... Uh, the, the legs of iron was the Roman power and Roman government throughout the world. We know in the last days a mixture of, of the old Roman Empire, uh, uh, human government basically. And something happened to all of man's human governments. Something was honed out of a mountain that no man did. It came from God and this rock came and it obliterated the human government to show that it was more powerful than these world governments of mankind. Does anybody know who the rock is? Very good. You guys are good. Okay. So the kingdom of Jesus came. And the kingdom of Jesus came to influence human government, but not to simply join it, but to in fact conform it to the kingdom of God. And so what we see here is the Great Commission. Let me help unpack the Great Commission for you when we can understand its purpose and function. Go therefore, Jesus said that after he died on the cross and was ready to ascend to take the throne for his kingdom, to rule his kingdom from the throne of heaven while his body here on earth was to bring that kingdom to bear on the kingdom of the nations. He said, go and make disciples of all what? Nations. Now that can be boundary lines, but it's also ethnos. It's people, people groups. Go and make disciples of all peoples, of all cultures. And what we've learned is wherever there's a culture group, there's the seven mountain sphere of influences within each culture that it operates and functions in. So he says, go make disciples to all nations. Then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We just saw that. We just saw someone get all wet. And they were baptized. Now, what we do with the Great Commission is we see that this is a commission to the nations and to the peoples, the ethnos, and all the people groups. And then we say, yes, and we're supposed to baptize each one of them. And that's true. We do baptize them. We do individually bring people to Jesus. But what if I could expand that expression a little further? 
Baptize is a Greek word, baptizo. It was transliterated into English. So it means to immerse. It means to take one object and place it into another object so that the two become one. Okay? Right? What if, in the light of us going into all nations, making disciples, we are to baptize? What's the subject? Nations. People. What if we're to go there and immerse them, who? The nations, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the triune authority of who God is. The Great Commission is saying, not just to go and get individuals saved, but in fact to transform the kingdoms of man by immersing these kingdoms with the presence of the triune God. There's a difference there, isn't it? Evangelicalism has taken it into a place where we each individually minister one person at a time to come to Jesus. And that's necessary and we have to do that. But in that, we've forsaken the grand scheme and the grand picture to realize that God wants to take over nations. He has an expectation that nations will come to Him. How do you do that? You immerse nations into the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then you can teach them to observe all that Christ has commanded. How? By using and immersing these cultures through the government mountain, through the education mountain, through the media mountain, through the business mountain, through the arts and entertainment, through the families, by immersing each of these mountains with the presence of God, you can then reach the entire nation with the presence of God. That's a good plan, isn't it? Do you think Jesus had an expectation that it would work? Why else would he tell us to do it? I don't think the church thinks it's going to happen. You see, we're all ready to take the bus out of here. Everybody wants to escape human government. God said, I don't want you to escape human government. I didn't come to bring human government. I came to bring my kingdom. So the kingdom of God is not the religious mountain. We are not limited to the religious mountain. This is where the church has got it wrong. We're operating the kingdom of God out of a religious mountain. When Jesus said, I'm not out of one mountain, I am separate from all seven of them. My kingdom is not the kingdom of this earth. But when my kingdom comes, it's going to infiltrate every culture, no matter what the dynamic of that culture has in their seven mountains. I need you to immerse that nation in my kingdom. Somebody getting this? Is anybody getting this? This is a plan. And so we're immersing these nations in the kingdom of God. But we've been doing it from our mountain. We sit in the religious mountain, we throw a track over there. And say, hey government, Jesus loves you. And and we say over to the media, can I borrow your microphone? No, get your own. Okay, so we have little speakers on our religious mountain. We say, hey everybody, Jesus is Lord. And, and so a few people who listen to the religious mountain, well, they'll pay attention. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm being a little facetious, but we do everything out of our religious mountain because we've been relegated to it when Jesus never wanted us relegated to a spirit mountain. He wants to invade every cultural mountain there is. That's what Jesus was saying. So the kingdom of God is not one mountain. The kingdom of God is a separate kingdom from the mountains of man's culture. It's of another culture. What does it say in Luke 1.33 when they began to sing the song of Christ being born and His kingdom will be with no 
end. Did he bring a kingdom? John said, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. It's coming. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom is here. Then he told us, the kingdom is within. He went to sit on the throne to reign in his kingdom while we're here. And this kingdom has no end. This kingdom is to continue until Jesus returns. How many of you know that? The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever. That's Revelation eleven thirteen. The kingdoms of this world have begun the kingdoms of our Christ, and he shall rule and reign them forever. When did that kingdom and that rule begin? Oh, it hasn't happened yet because he hasn't raptured the church because the world's going to get so bad that the world's just going to take over and just collapse on itself, and then Jesus will fix it up. Why would he bring his kingdom then 2,000 years ago? Did I get a little excited on that? <laughs> he, he said his kingdom's not going to end. What he started 2,000 years ago is to be infiltrating every culture and every dominion until he returns. But we're all ready to give up. And we're all ready to get out of here because it's getting real bad. When he said, my kingdom is not going to give up, in fact, he said this, occupy till I come. Will the Son of Man find faith in the earth when he returns? So you got to work on the eschatology here. I won't get into that today. You know where I stand on that. But the kingdom of God isn't going anywhere. It is going to increase and increase, and it's time for us to take our position into the mountains that God is sending you into, to be an influence into those mountains. Will anybody go with me? Anybody? Good, I'm glad you're here this morning. So that's God's plan. Now let's look at those four other mountains. Pastor Ron talked about the governmental mountain and how you can be involved. He talked about the business mountain. Many of you have places of employment and business. Uh, and then he talked about the education mountain. Some of you are in schools and getting educated, and you can bring that presence of the kingdom there. Now, uh, I'm going to share with you the last four. What I want to help you understand about these mountains, because some folks came and, and talked to me and said, well, pastor, I don't know what mountain I'm supposed to do any work in. because I, I don't know what I'm supposed to help with. You know, it's like, I, I, I like politics, but I'm not running for an office. But you have influence. And so concerning these seven mountains, each one of us is to be reaching out into those areas of influence. And they may overlap. How many of you have a family here? Anybody got family? Are you interested in the family mountain? Do you care about the family? You want to see families increase? Do you see them mature, see them grow? So you, you're camped out in the family mountain. And that changes in time. How many of you know that? Families grow up and they go other places. <laughs> So, but right now, some of you may be so into the family mountain that you want to continue to grow your family and have influence on your family, but you may not be speaking into the mountain of the family. I mean, Dr. Dobson, there's a guy that, man, was he like at the top of that mountain, right? He went, had his own family. He lived on that mountain, but then something happened to where he moved up into a, such a place where he began to rule on that mountain, right? Now, thank God he did. 
speaking into family life and helping. Some of you are counselors. Some of you care about families. Some of you are marriage counselors. Some of you are family counselors. Some of you are social workers. You work with families all the time. And so you may be higher up in that realm of that mountain impacting them, but there are others who are even higher. That's okay. So it's what area can you influence? So I'm going to go through these mountains, and, and you might live on the family mountain, and you might be going to school right now. And so you have a professor or you have students that in education you can speak into them. Some of you may become teachers and you move in that mountain and and rule at a different level. Does this make sense to you? But you're to occupy where God puts you. And again, your Christianity is not based on the religious mountain. Your Christianity is based on wherever you live and whatever influence you can give. Does that make sense to you? Somebody say amen so I know Okay, I just don't want to lose anybody here. So let's talk about the religious mountain. We need to break the paradigm we've been under the last 50 years. Religion was all about coming into this building and worshiping Jesus and going home. I went to my religious mountain for the day. That is not Christianity. That is not God's plan. We gather together to worship Him. He's worthy of it. To get a download from Him so that we can go occupy the mountain that He's called us to take. Amen? Whether in small ways or big ways, we go out to reach that mountain. And so you come here to get fired up. But, but we're not going to win the world from a religious mountain. Do you get it? Because a religious mountain is tolerated by Buddhists. It's tolerated. Every society will tolerate a religious mountain. So it's got all different colors and creams and flavors and all that. We're not going to win the world because we have a bigger church. Jesus took 12, the number of government. And he took those 12 and they went out to cultures and began to invade all seven mountains of those cultures to take those cultures for Jesus. Amen? So that's what you're going to do. So the religious mountain, um, I'm in the religious mountain. That's what I do, okay? But uh, I'm in the religious mountain, but because I have a position in the religious mountain and I minister in that realm, I minister and help other people in that religious mountain and I minister unto them and feed them. But I like going in the governmental mountain. And so I'll go over to the governmental mountain and speak to the mayor or speak to the administrators and speak to different civic leaders and bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the government's not my mountain. This is my mountain. Just because you come to church doesn't mean that the religious mountain is your mountain. Do you get this? Okay. So your Christianity isn't defined by one mountain. Your Christianity is defined by a kingdom. Praise God. That was emphasized for you to say amen. What about family? And so, how can you influence family? Again, first of all, you start with your own. And you bring your Christianity into your family. Has anybody tried this? <laughs> yeah, it wreaks havoc. It's really rough. Uh, and the first one it'll get is you. <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> anybody married here? Okay. You bring the kingdom into your marriage, it'll ruin you forever. Because that's how Jesus begins to just peel you away and bring healing and and so forth. And you begin to learn the dynamic of the two shall become one. And boy, if you don't have the kingdom of God in your marriage, it's going to be tough. And then then you have kids. Ah! And then the family grows. And you need Jesus even more than that. And so you begin to study books. I don't know how to take care of these kids. And you ask people around you, what am I supposed to do with this kid? Help me. And then you grow in your knowledge of 
family. And then you, you get a handle on it and the power of God moves in. And, and on that mountain, some of you are in that, that's your mountain right now. You're raising your family and you want to raise them well. And, and the proverb says that if you train a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. But that's not, you know, tell them how to get to the religious mountain. Everybody thinks train your child in the way they should go. That they think that that basically saying, tell them about Jesus. That's not what that is. What it's saying is that there is a way about each one of your children, a uniqueness. And as you perceive that, and as you pray into that, and see the way that God is calling them in their destiny, and you fortify that, that's the way they'll go, and they won't depart. And it's our job to raise up families and to direct them to the mountains they're to go to. Some of your kids are good at education. Some of your kids are leaning towards government. Some of them have a business mind. Some of them are arts and literature raise them up in that way fill them with the gospel and they'll go into that mountain and take it for Jesus are you getting this plan it's broader than a religious mountain we've trained them just if I could just get my kid to church go to go to church and when they're old they'll stay in church we're finding that's not true (laughs) but if you will teach them the kingdom and the power of God who resides in them they'll go the way is their destiny in God. And so family is being destroyed and attacked. More than ever, we need strong Christian families. More than ever, we've got to rescue the mountain of family. And the best people to do that are Christians. Speak into the school system. Speak into the people and the businesses. Speak to the entertainment agency and say, we don't want this kind of movies. We don't want this junk on TV. It's affecting our family. People have stopped Caring for their family. So the family mountain's got to rise up. Can I get some family mountain warriors here? Any family mountain people? All right, we need you to infiltrate the family. That's your mountain. Go for it. You understand what I'm saying? Then we have the media. The media mountain. Again, it disseminates information. Right now, it's like a big sewer. Um, It's reporting what it wants. But let's get back to Jesus' plan. Have any of you heard of this word? Gospel gospel do you know what the word gospel means i think i might have a second pulpit here choir director gospel evangelon it's a word that means good news good tidings glad tidings everybody's so negative have you noticed that everything in media is just negative negative everybody's yelling at each other and beating each other up telling each other to shut up you can't say that you can't do this so the whole media thing it's just all this information but the whole idea of spreading good news is speaking the news of christ now i'll tell you what what we need for the church in this age is a good media campaign now what i would pray for i think all of you need to pray for this i would really pray oh god could you raise a generation of people that are so media savvy that really know how to use media. They know how to use the web. They know how to use all the media. And they would know how to do all of that. Could you imagine if there was a group of Christians who knew how to use the media better than anybody else? Wait a minute. They're called millennials. They're here. They're here. But we've disenfranchised them. Because they won't come to our religious mountain. That's what I'm saying, folks. We've got to start shifting our ide- ideology, our understanding of things. So we've got a whole generation of young people and believers. They're up there. How are you guys doing? 
Do you guys know media? Yes, they do. They're going like, yeah, of course. <laughs> what if, 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 they, if they take the power of what's Jesus and the insight Jesus has given them, and what if they let loose into the realm of media and technology? Come on, where would the church be? Right? We've got to recognize what God's doing in our midst. Okay, so we've got a shift and, and maybe they don't come to church on this day or maybe they don't sit over here or over there or over here. God's going to use that group mightily because he's got an evangelist. He's got, a, he's got a media group all set to go. And we need to back these guys up, ladies and gals, right? We need to back them up. We need to cheer them on, right? We need to go, oh my gosh, these guys are amazing. So while you're sitting here with pen and pencil, they've already duplicated this message and sent it around the world three times. <laughs> Just saying. Right? Media. So you all have media. How many of you have a smartphone? Come on, folks. Let's get with it. The web has changed this forever. Media Knowledge, technology is now the new power. And isn't that the gospel? The good tidings? Couldn't we begin tweeting good news? Couldn't we now Instagram good news? Come on, folks. So the media has switched. And you've got to understand, this isn't the enemy taking over and developing these things. It's of the devil. Come on, God had redeemed everything. This earth is His. Use it for Him. This thing's got to switch and change around. And we've got to take the mountain of media. Amen? Last of all, the arts and entertainment. Our expression. We need to be relevant and creative in our expression of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to get out of the pews and make Christianity relevant in the workplace, relevant in the government, relevant in the media. Right? We've got to stop keeping everything and say, will you come to church? Will you come to church? Will you come to church? Come to our mountain. Come to our mountain. We've got to have more amusement rides at our mountain. We've got to have better books and music in our mountain. Why don't you take everything from the mountain and go there, out there, and take the authority? How, how many of you are creative? Anybody here creative? Do we have any dancers? Do we have any? Okay. We've got some artists. Yes. We've got musicians. Yes. I'm telling you, this thing has changed forever. How many of you know you don't need to go to a music studio anymore and record? It's on your phone. It's in your basement, right? You can paint and put it on Instagram, and now it's around the world. You're famous already. You're Facebook famous. You're a celebrity for Jesus, right? Why are we 20 years behind? We've got the marching orders, and I'm going too long. I'm sorry. I'm a little... A little, uh, I'm excited about Jesus' plan. This is so good. Aren't you? I'm believing that we can bring America to the destiny God has wanted it to be. But I've got to, I, I want to caution you because, you know, we took that, a look at that little chart from the 50s and said, oh, that was nice, you know. Uh, we don't want to go back. America never reached its potential of what it was supposed to be. You need to understand that. 
you know, all the white people are going like, let's go back to America. And then and African-American black folks are going like, I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> Am I right? So, you know, come on. We don't want to go back in time in this nation. We want to go to the destiny it was supposed to be and what America needs to shape into through the kingdom of God infiltrating all these realms of authority and influence. I know things are getting struggled right now. We've got a lot of arguing and a lot of bantering and a lot of this and that. But that's how we come to truth. And now the church has an opportunity when everyone's in upheaval with each other. We've got the opportunity to preach the kingdom. Because they're looking for an answer. So don't go over to the government mountain and say, I'm on this side of the government mountain. I'm going to stay on the Republican side. Oh, I'm going to stay on the Democrat side. You're not a Republican or Democrat. You're of the kingdom of God. Infiltrate the government with the kingdom of God. Infiltrate the media with the kingdom of God. That's your new culture. That's your new identity. Amen? Amen. Oh, you guys are good. I love you. Last of all, this is where you're to go. Pursue your sphere. So Pastor Ron and I shared with you those seven areas. Wednesday night, we're going to flush them out further for you. Find your sphere of influence. Find the things that you can uh, infiltrate, the things you can influence. The things you can influence, don't bother. Don't take your time. Someone else will do it. They're going to take their position and their post. You go to the position and the post that you want and that you have influence in, Right? Once a year, we vote. You should go to that poll and have your influence. But there's some of you that are so into politics and government and you're into research, then occupy that mountain. You research that mountain. You do that mountain. You help. So find out what you can influence and the things that you can bring the kingdom into. And if we would all take our position, the kingdom of God is going to immerse this nation in the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the mandate of the Great Commission and the Seven Mountain, and the church is going to work it. We're going to have to shift the way we've been thinking. Let's get off our mountain and get into every mountain there is for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Let's commission this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we heard the prophecies this morning. We thank you, O God that you said you were going to break chains off of us so that we could go out and break chains off of others. You've given us a strategy in the Great Commission, Lord God, to where you believe and you have decreed your kingdom will have no end. And we are to occupy that kingdom into influencing this nation and the nations of the world. We are kingdom people and we are nation shakers. I release an anointing upon your people this morning to occupy the, the mountain you've called them to. Father, one area, these seven areas, Lord God, we, we move in, and flow within areas of influence. You have the anointing of God on you to impact and influence these mountains. We are going to see this nation moved and changed by the power of the kingdom of God. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Give us eyes to see what is coming and to walk into it with glory. In Jesus' name, if you receive this, say amen this morning. Amen. amen.